Hey everyone, I'm Kelly Mobeck, a coach and a leadership trainer, and I'm super passionate about helping you find out who you are authentically as a leader, own it, and go out and make an impact in your life and the lives of others. This world needs your leadership, your gifts, your unique brilliance, and I believe that real leaders don't wait, they create. I know firsthand that life is going to throw us curveballs, that we're going to doubt our greatness, our ideas, and our contributions. And my goal is that you believe in yourself beyond reason, and I get to be a coach and a champion for you each week so that you feel inspired, motivated, and most important, in action toward your unique impact in this world. So let's jump in. Hey there, everyone. This is Coach Kelly. Welcome to episode 161 of Let's Be Honest Before We Start Pretending. I'm so excited because I have a fellow coach and she also does so much more. You're going to hear about that in a second, who is doing such amazing work helping parents take the lead and having intentional relationships with their kiddos all the way through adulthood. Hello. Who does not want that? And uh, today we're going to be continuing the discussion on intention, and I'm bringing in an expert who works with kids and parents. By the way, she's also a parent, and she is a professional coach. She's a licensed educational psychologist, and like I said, she's a parent and has a ton of experience. So I can't wait for you to learn from her. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest. She's awesome. Tracy Hewitt is a licensed educational psychologist working in the greater Sacramento area. She began her career as a private dyslexia intervention specialist and a resource teacher in private school, working with children who had reading and writing challenges. She became a practicing school psychologist in Sacramento, in the Sacramento area public schools, where she worked for over 20 years. During that time, she assessed and planned for students with a variety of learning and social-emotional needs, counseled students and families, and designed professional development around learning and mental health. She left public school service to carry on her work with family, children and families, and families privately in the community. Her work focuses on building and strengthening the relationships between children and teens and their parents and teachers. I love this so much. She continues to practice in the Sacramento metro area, serving families and schools. And the other thing, I think I said it a little bit before, she is also a professional coach. And so she, Tracy brings such a diversity of expertise when she is working with families and kids and teens. Absolutely amazing. I happen to know Tracy very well. We get to work together and I am always just so in awe of what she creates with kiddos, with teens, with families. And not only that, also in her own, in her own family, she is truly inspirational and I am thrilled to have Tracy on the podcast today. So Tracy, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Thank you, Kelly, for having me. I am doing great. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. I've been so excited like a kid in a candy store, as you know. So can you (laughs) give us a little bit about, you know, your story and why you're so passionate about this topic? Well, what really makes me passionate about this topic is my own kids who are 15 and 18. 
and I'm still in love with them. Mm. They're a source of joy for my husband and me. We're a soft place for them to land. Mm. And I am excited about our futures together in our relationships as adults. Um, And I want this for all parents, kids and parents alike deserve this kind of wholeness in their relationships. Absolutely. So Tracy, something that you have shared in many conversations that we've had that I thought was so incredible because you and I both share a passion for leadership and we have very similar philosophies on what that means. I love how you utilize this with parents. So can you share the distinction between leadership and influence versus power and control? Sure. Um, there's a difference and it's sometimes very subtle in how authority is established in a variety of places, but I'll focus on parenting here. Okay. Uh, there is power, mm-hmm. which is achieved through control. And then there's leadership, which is achieved through influence. Mm-hmm. And early in childhood, we have to assert power because they aren't cognitively ready for just being influenced to do things. We like yeah. literally have to control them. <laughs> um, but as soon as you possibly can, giving over decisions to them and using your influence to guide them gives them a locus of control, a sense of self-efficacy that is just as important for building trust as love. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't start when they're young and you find yourself with a recalcitrant recalcitrant teen, mm-hmm. um, not just not just moody, but also disdainful, mouthy, oppositional. I think we mm-hmm. all know mm-hmm. with the teens. It, that's a sign of resentment and a lack of balance. And chances are you're giving more than you expect them to give. And I we call that working harder at their lives than they are. Yeah. And you're not listening. And it could be a combination of these things, but it could also be, or you're not listening to what they're saying, or you're dismissing their needs or problems is not important. It's usually some kind of combination. And I just want to stop here for a moment because I want to clarify that we are talking about typical ranges of oppositional and moody behavior. If a child is extremely withdrawn, and or suicidal, and or rebellious and oppositional in ways that are dangerous, like drug use, criminal behavior, violence, that is something different. And intervention should be done through a child psychiatrist and a professional therapist with experience in those things. So Mm -hmm. I'm talking about just sort of your typical teen behaviors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I think it's, it's, you know, giving that distinction, because I think it, you know, as a parent, I have, I have children, as you know, also, and, you know, they're, they're adults now, right? They're, they're adults, um, which is why I love this topic so much, because one of the things that I know you are so passionate about is, you know, developing that relationship with your kids that's sustainable all the way through adulthood, right? I love that. And mm-hmm. so I love this distinction and like where you bring in certain parts and where you shift to certain parts and like what we can really look for as parents to understand what's happening. I think that's amazing. Where did you, like, what was your intention when, when we think about like intention of having a beautiful relationship, right. With your kids all the way to adulthood. And I know you've got teenagers and what was your intention with this? And how did you make this happen with your own family? Well, I think I want to start with saying that if there's just not blame, on the parent side or the children's side, just Mm -hmm. really focusing on, we are accountable for who we are and how we act. 
And there's a difference between accountability and blame and fault. So yes. helping with that distinction early on kind of helps kids know that they can make mistakes and they can grow from those mistakes versus have to hide them or, you know, try to lie about them or anything like that. So starting with that as early as you possibly can and, and think, you know, applying it to yourself as well as a parent. So the one thing that really made me want to, to focus on this with my kids, actually, I'm just, I just want to give a quick memory. My son was about seven years old and I was saying something. I mean, he did something that seven-year-olds do because he was being goofy. And I probably asked him a hundred times to stop doing it, you know, but he ended up spilling orange juice all over the carpet and the kitchen floor. And it went everywhere. I mean, we had it on the ceiling. It was just crazy. And I said, why in the world would you do that? What is wrong with you? I said these words to my seven-year-old child. And he just said, I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I always do these things. And that's, you know, I'm a psychologist. Like I'm the last person who should be saying that to her kids. (laughs) And I think, what did I just do? And I realized I am triggered. Mm -hmm. And when I'm triggered, I do not behave with a plan in mind. And so it really brought me to thinking, what do I want to provide for my children and for me? Yeah. So that I don't get to this triggered state by children just acting like children. And it came down to, I want to have relationship. So I think that is where it started is the idea that there is no blame. Yeah. Um, And this is where I start with parents. There is no blame like there are a million right ways to parent your kids and very few wrong ways. And those ways are reportable. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, so don't tell me those ways. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious what those ways are. Otherwise, there are a million right ways to do it. And you don't blame yourself. You're just accountable. Just take a moment and think about what you're doing. And don't blame yourself if you feel like you don't want to do it that way anymore. <laughs> so just, you know, move on. And that models for your kids that mistakes can be made and you can make up for them and it, and it, and it strengthens your relationship with them. I love this so much, Tracy, because it really is about having that moment, you know, earlier in the month when I was talking about what intention is, and then gave the three, I had a 3d framework, if you will, on, on executing And it was decide, declare, and do. Those are the three Ds. And I could hear in your story that you have this defining moment where you decided, what's the relationship I want with my son? What's the relationship I want with my kids, right? In that moment. And, you know, yeah, okay. We we think that we have this expertise, but we're also human. And I love how you took accountability, like in that moment, what was happening? not blame, but like, let me just stop and look and see what was happening right here, right now. And I got triggered and here's what happens when I get triggered. So what am I going to have be different in place? And I think that modeling accountability, and I love what you said, accountability is not blame, not blame. It's complete ownership. It's complete ownership. And I just love what you set up with them and with him in particular, like you can, you can, 100% change the course right then and there, right then and there. I think it's powerful, powerful. I really want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you. It was a turning point for us. And my husband and I were able to sit down and think, what is it that we really want to 
give our children. Yeah. Uh, you know, we want them to have lives that they're in control of. Yeah. Right. We want them to have fundamental respect for themselves, mm-hmm. for us, for their home, for their community, for their world. We want to establish that. And, and it has to start with us as parents respecting them. This does not mean um, not setting boundaries. Oh, <laughs> boundaries are a form of respect. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I think boundaries absolutely help others. It it helps both parties. Like, what are my boundaries? Clearly communicate them so that just like you said, we have mutual respect. I don't think respect is something you can command or demand, right? So I think mm-hmm. that with what you're saying, have those boundaries in place that are clearly communicated is going to establish and foster that, you know, culture of respect, if you will. Yes, I agree. And once you set boundaries, they're going to be crossed. Oh, yeah. Because (laughs) we're human. We can't be 100% within boundaries all the time. We get tired, we get hungry, become self-focused, we become overwhelmed. Any of those things happen to all of us, adults and children alike. So, when you set your boundaries and they can be as unique to your family as you need them to be, this is not a formula that we apply, but when you set your boundaries and your children cross them, you plan for that. You plan for the crossing. You have a discussion about it maybe beforehand if they're old enough and talk about, you know, here's what our first level response is going to be. And once a first level response comes around, then you say, okay, we've had a first level response. Here's where it escalates. And then if it escalates, okay, here's where it's going to go. And have an endpoint in your mind because your boundaries are teaching them, this is where I end and you begin. So here's what you have control over and here's what I have control over. This is my boundary in my home and I am establishing it for these reasons, for my own well-being, my own convenience to teach you, to make our home comfortable, whatever your boundary reason is. Yeah. And here's what happens when when the boundary is crossed and they learn to trust you from that. Yeah. Boundaries don't have to be harsh. You don't have yeah. to yell it at them. It can be just easily established and they learn to trust you when you keep your boundary, they learn about keeping their own boundaries. It's a powerful tool. I love that so much. And and I think the thing that I really think is also important is how you're really sharing about the communication and why we have this boundary, because Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, I remember growing up and like, I knew the rules, right? I knew the rules. I knew the rules of being, you know, in my family. But I don't know that we had those discussions back back then, back in the day. I don't know that we have those discussions about, and here's why, right? And I find that the more we understand the purpose of something, right? The purpose, the intention of something, then, okay, now we have a different, we've got, it's, it's a whole different game. And I think sometimes we forget that children actually do understand purpose. They understand why. They do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I realize like, what is the number one question you get asked by parents? So the number one question I get when I talk about this is how could this possibly work with my kid? Mm-hmm. If I don't have control, they'll just lay around and play video games. Or <laughs> if I set boundaries, they'll just ignore them and do what they want anyway. And then I look powerless or something like that. That's the number one question I get. And uh, so how, how do those- you- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You keep going. No, no, it's fine. I, um, I, 
I try to tell them, well, going back to, there are an infinite amount of right ways to yeah. be a parent and very yeah. few wrong ways. Some tend to be more authoritarian, some more permissive. Some parents want the house noisy and chaotic with kids. And some parents want to have a quiet sanctuary. Everybody tends to fall in the middle of that somewhere. And then you add in things like personality, extroverted, introverted, they're more agreeable. They to question authority in their family. Some want to go hiking. Some want to sit in the backyard and read. Like there are so many different ways a family can be. And all of them are fine. They're good. They, they do what needs to be done. They parent they have a home. And as long as it's consistent, it's going to work. It's a foundation. And you figure out what you want for your home and your family. As I mentioned, you know, it's respect in our family, but you want to isolate one or to three kind of big concepts to focus everything around. Other people have used like kindness. I've mm -hmm. had families choose wisdom, community, faith, mm -hmm. um, but everything grows out of that foundation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if everybody is on the same page with a common mission okay. of, you know, being respectful to one another in our home or being faithful in another home or, or focusing yeah. on community or whatever, everything can be built out of that. So you're not setting a curfew because you need to control your 17 year old. Right. You're setting a curfew because you need to go to bed at a certain time because you have a life to lead right. and you cannot sleep well without your 17 year old home right. because he's important to you. Sure. So you set a curfew and you share that it's out and out of respect for you because you've built this relationship. They're like, okay, I'll keep it. And when they don't, the conversations around that felt pretty disrespectful that you didn't keep it. And, you know, then it has, there's a context and a foundation to use when you're having a conversation about when boundaries are crossed. So it's not about punishment and control and I'm going to take your phone and you're going to suffer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not about that. It's about, and so parents are reluctant at first because it sounds like you're letting them get away with things, or mm -hmm. it sounds like you're not going to have any power. But the truth is the more you are, you know, on a common page with them, and you can have that contextual conversation, the more they understand. And I'll give you a for example, yeah, my 17 year old tells me, or no, I'm sorry, he's 18. I forget. Yes, he <laughs> I is. I want him to be 17. Uh <laughs> he tells me I'm going to leave and go help somebody do something. And this is around four o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm busy and around 630. I think, when is he coming back? I checked my life 360, which we still have because he's in high school. Yeah. And I see that he is about two hours away. Well, this wasn't a discussion. So of course, I immediately text him and I get a text back. I'm sorry, I should have said something before now. We're busy. I didn't think about it. I apologize. I'm not going to fight with him over text. There's nothing he can do. He's not driving. I can't say get home now. I'd have to go get it. It's not. So I just take a moment because I'll tell you, I'm pretty triggered. Like yes. we didn't talk about this yes. two hours away. It's a big deal. I'm a little worried now you're going to be home till very late. And then his phone dies, which is a bone of contention in our home. And I am frustrated. And so I don't, I know I'm frustrated and I'm triggered. Yes. So I do nothing. I just do nothing. There's no point. There's nothing I can do in that moment to solve it. At 8.30, I get a text from him, we're still here. And then I realize, okay, he's not going to be home until 10.30. But 10.30 right. rolls around and he's not 
home and I can't text and the phone's completely dead now. Mm. And I, there's nothing, I have no idea. So of course I, I have all kinds of things I'm convinced about what's happening, but I don't, I don't engage in any of them. He calls me at about five to 11 and says, we're back in town. My phone completely died. I didn't have a charger. It's not my car. I was driving somebody else's car for them. You know, he's got this whole thing. And, and I believe him because he has a history of being trustworthy. And when he comes home, the minute he walks in the door, he's like, mom, I'm so sorry. This did not turn out at all. Like I thought I did. It would. I'm so sorry. I worried you. That wasn't my intention. And then all I ask him is what would you do differently next time? And he said, oh, I would let you know a lot sooner than I did. And I'm really sorry. So at the end of that conversation, there doesn't need to be a grounding or a taking away of the phone or anything because he got it. Now, if it happened tomorrow, now we'd have to have a level one response. But he already got it because we have this long history of here's why the rule is in place. And when you violate the rule, here's what happens for me. And so he knows to come in and address those things with me. So I know that some people may say, well, he just manipulated you. But did he? Mm. Because he came in acknowledging what he did wrong, took responsibility for it, and told me what he would do different next time. So and, in the end, I think we both win. Yeah, it's true. Because the thing that I'm hearing is, again, there's that framework of respect. It sounds like you also have a lot of values-based conversations, right? With whether it's Mm -hmm. with your own family, whether you're working with parents. And I always say that, gosh, values-based conversations like respect, communication, you know, whatever, whatever your values are, it has us address things in a whole different way. It's the behavior, not necessarily the, the person like personally, the, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and because you have accountability, pretty locked and loaded, it sounds like in your home, it is, it, it, you know, he took responsibility. The other thing that I love that you said, you know, is okay. I definitely am triggered. I'm definitely frustrated. I have all these things going and I know right now attempting to engage in this on text is not going to be useful, right? It's not going to be useful. So it really required you to And you said this was so powerful, like, I'm not going to engage with these thoughts. Because as parents, we start painting pictures of fear and all those types of things. And you literally like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to engage in those and manage yourself in a way that created, I think, that environment also for him to come in and address it, right? And I love what you said. It is not manipulation. He got it. I'm sure he was probably very concerned while he was mm-hmm. out and about knowing, oops, I'm yeah. not in communication with my mom, right? And so the mm-hmm. way that you address that was so beautiful. And it, it, and I get where you say, like, it could feel like, oh, you know, he just manipulated you, but he doesn't necessarily have a pattern of that. And what you said is, you know, if this happened again, now we're having a level one conversation. By the way, what is level one? Mm-hmm. What is that? Level one would be that he, we own the car, so he okay. would not have it. Got it. Yeah, See? that would and, be. Yeah, and he, he probably knows what level one is. He knows. That's yes, it. Bam. I See? think that was his fear when he came home. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Oh, girl, I just, I just escalated <laughs> to level one. I know it, right?" Yeah. But you're exactly. giving him an opportunity. You know, I always say this: like, trust is not an end destination. We build it and break it all the time. You know, even yes, in our families. Yeah, 
but you you're giving him that opportunity to be accountable to build trust and to learn from these in a way that was really respectful that was beautiful what a great example what a great example I know. So thankful he gave me an example to talk about the other night. So uh, I, I here's the thing though, when I am working with parents, yes, tell me, um, I, I wanted to be perfectly clear that I share as a parent. And also when I was an educator, I, I am not 100% in a resourceful place and responding, you know, in a resourceful way to my kids, mm-hmm. there could have easily, I could have been overwhelmed and triggered and over caffeinated and who knows what, mm-hmm. and like started firing off texts to him that he wouldn't get until he recharged his phone and looked at it. And, and he, you know, would have read it all and it would have escalated and we would have both been in about, I mean, that could have happened because sure. I'm human and I'm a, a sort of a emotional person. So it definitely could have happened. It's okay because the repair of that is also a lesson in how you set boundaries and how you answer for yourself and how you apologize and take accountability and, and talk about how you would, what you would do differently. So even in a mistake, you are still in a perfect position to maintain the relationship with your child and set your boundaries and be able to, you know, tell them you're sorry and mm-hmm. take accountability because yes. just sorry isn't enough. Right. Yes. So it doesn't even matter if a mistake is made. And I think that for me is where the power comes when I'm working with a family, because okay. the, the power comes in, you do not have to be perfect. You do not have, ha- have to have this all planned out. And you can go back and repair. That's part of being in relationship with somebody. Mm-hmm. And so that is a piece that I think I, I can bring to parents that sometimes yes. they don't allow for themselves. Yes. Hey everyone, Coach Kelly just wanted to take a quick break and share with you something that is coming in June. I am so excited. And if we're already in June, it's happening Tuesday, June 20th, and it is the first of three amazing workshops where we are taking concepts from the podcast. In this particular series, it's going to be intention, and we're going to take the lead and work together through these concepts with something that you want to achieve. So, you know, I call these the take the lead in your life workshops. And this is where we get to work together to get unstuck and create the results and success you want. So I'm super excited because our next set of workshops are happening in June and we are going to dive into intention. The first one is Tuesday, June 20th. 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, the secret to getting more of what you want. The second one is Tuesday, June 27th, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. How do you stay on track? I'm going to share a framework for success and we're going to actually work it out. And then finally, we're going to have a little tiny break so you can do some homework in between. And we're going to work on how to master intention and open possibilities. And that'll be Tuesday, July 11th, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What I want you to know is if you cannot be there live, you can still absolutely participate because you sign up and register, you will get the replays. You will have access to this. You will have access to a private group where we're having discussions. So you won't miss a thing. Workshops can be purchased individually for $19 a piece or 
as a bundle for $47, which saves you $10. Hi, how about that? So sign up today. Let's do this. I want to help you have the success you want. And we're going to take these concepts and workshop them so that every single week you are moving forward toward the things that you want. Click the link in the show notes to get registered. And I look forward to seeing you there. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, you know, they didn't give us a manual, right? Like they, we had our kids right. and they didn't say, by the way, here is the manual and, and, and go ahead and use this. <laughs> so I love the way that you work with parents. I think it's so, so important. I know that one of the most important goals that you talk about is truly about the relationship with kids into adulthood, right? You, you've started mm -hmm. it in your own family and then really being a stand for that in other families. What have you experienced? Well, you've shared what you've experienced personally in your own relationship with your son just recently, but is there anything more that you can share that could really help our listeners out there that are parents to really grab this concept? Well, you start out parenting being pretty crazy about your kids, yeah. right? Like, you're just crazy in love with your kids when they are first born. Yeah. And for some parents that fades and it's painful and the relationship deteriorates. And sometimes it comes back around in adulthood, but parents feel a sense of loss because as the children grow, they grow away and they don't feel as connected. And, and we, we kind of long for those times in childhood when we were crazy about our kids. Mm -hmm. And I think what I wanted to bring to parents because my husband and I continue to be crazy about our kids and parents can have that joy that comes with being a parent. I mean, most of the time or a lot of the time parenting is joy. I mean, even if you want to escape your little darlings and go on a vacation away with your partner or with your friends, that's fine. It's good. That maintains relationship. Your kids want that too. Yeah. That's why they go to friends' houses and, right. you know, want to be away from you. And they, they want to establish that sense of identity and aloneness separate from their parents. They want it too. But it doesn't mean you aren't crazy about them. And, and even when they're moody, and a little, you know, oppositional, it's okay that you're irritated by them. But the overall arc of your relationship is that you're just crazy about them and you, and you can't wait to see them when they come home and you, you know, can't wait to talk to them about their day. I mean, it, it's a it's a source of joy. And we lose that as they get older. And I think in our society, it's sort of social media and television shows or whatever, they sort of, they, they propagate that idea that, you know, kids are just going to break away and then you're going to be on your own and then what are you going to do? But, and that's true. They become their own people and your identity should be solidly in yourself and not in your kids. That's true. Yeah. But having joy can be all the way through. And I, and it, and it pains me when I see families who love each other, parents who love their kids, kids who love their parents, but they don't get to share it together. Yeah. And that is really my purpose is I want to bring all of that together so that they can enjoy the love 
together in wholeness in a whole relationship and take it on to an adulthood because my my kids are at the end I have one who's graduating in a month and I know congratulations by the way thank you yes but I know it's the end of something but I also know it's the beginning of something else it doesn't end now 100% joy can continue so yeah 100% that's my purpose I love that I love that is there anything else you want to share with that I just want to share that when a family shifts from control to influence, there's almost always a period of testing that comes with that. Boundaries mm. will get tested. Okay. And once that period is over, and this has been my experience with families, it's like a calm descends that both parents and the children transform. The parents report to me, our kids are completely different, but I know that the parents are different. Ah. And with that, the kids can be different. And the transformation is like a sense of calm. I've had families say this to me many times. It's probably the most common thing they say, like, you know, a month or two in. It's our house is so calm. It's Mm -hmm. such a sanctuary. It's such an easy place to be now. Everything is more relaxed. We're laughing more. We enjoy times more together. They just tend to engage more. And here is one thing that um, I did not expect that when I look back at what families tell me, they tell me they feel like there are less scheduled things going on. Life slows down a little Um, bit because they prefer to be at home and enjoying each other. So I've come to see that as a marker of success when I hear families say, and it's like, we're doing less. We're spending more time at home together. That, you know what, that's that's wonderful. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that's amazing. And I think it's really, it's intentional. It's intentional. We want to connect with them, right? I, I, I remember when I was bringing up my boys, it was like, you know, how many activities, that was like the thing, like you got to keep them busy, right? That kind of thing. And I remember getting to a point where I was like, I don't, I don't know that we're connecting, right? So giving them the choice, like pick one, right? They were really into sports, right? And they would play like two at a time and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, maybe we're yeah. at a time to pick one. What do you think? And it, I was surprised they were ready. They were like, I'd like to pick one, right? I'd like to have some more, you know, quiet time. I'd like to, and, and I, I feel really blessed too, because it, it, it it's, it's, it, it the my again my boys are my, my youngest one's just about ready to graduate college and so <laughs> it's you know I, I I can go back to where you are right now with with your son just about graduating high school but I'm so grateful to have had that intentional you know intentional relationship with them because here's what I want you to know what Tracy is sharing I can say it works it works like even though I have one that is just about to graduate college and the other one's in his third year at dental school. Like we all still talk. We all still connect. They actually want to come home. They actually want to come home. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, this is one of the reasons I was really excited and that doesn't mean it's perfect. I want everyone to know. It doesn't mean it's perfect. It doesn't mean that, you know, there's not triggers or there's not things and stuff like that because, but, but the thing that has been so beautiful is seeing who they have evolved into. Right. And that kind of goes back uh, to what you said yes. in the beginning, Tracy, that we get to be like, identify with who we are in the world and allow mm-hmm. them to identify like who they are in the world. And it's really been like, we can't wrap our identity up in our kids. Ooh, 
<laughs> it would be really challenging, right? No. Because they are their individuals. And so it's really, it is beautiful to see from being an intent, being an intentional parent, knowing like, I want to have this relationship through adulthood and continue on. It works. It works. So I'm really grateful Tracy, for the work that you do and, you know, the stand that you take for families, how can people work with you? How can people work with you? So I work uh, privately as a coach with parents. Mm -hmm. I also um, do groups periodically and Mm -hmm. I do workshops and I can also come and speak to groups. Mm -hmm. So if uh, I I have spoken to a couple of different uh, parent groups. I've spoken with a homeschooling parent group, and really just sort of and 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 it can be kind of tailored around the group's particular needs, or it can be a more general presentation. Mm-hmm. But I really like just reaching as many parents as I can yeah. to talk with them about this. Yeah, because and I'm so happy for you. Oh, thank you, thank you. I, I think it's so important because I think sometimes, I don't know. I remember back in the day, like, again, they didn't give us a manual. (laughs) It's not a manual and like, okay, what, and, and, and I was always really big too on like, what's my purpose as a mom, you know, what's my purpose as a parent and what is like, what if, I mean, what is the intention here? What is the intention here? And I think it really, really works. And I think a lot of the concepts that you have brought in today, and I know those are just some of what Tracy, you do, you know, with families, I was just, just like a snippet, quite frankly, but these were beautiful and powerful that can really help us be intentional in our relationships with our kids all the way through adulthood. So how would someone get a hold of you? Uh, they can they can go to my website. It's okay. www.advantagelep.com. Okay. Or I you can, I can be emailed. I, I, you can call me or text me there. There are a myriad of ways to get in touch with me, but probably through the website would be the easiest the best. way. Okay. Well, I will, for everyone, I, you all know, Tracy's information is going to be in the show notes. It will be on my website. And for those of you that are, you know, parents and you're looking to have some support in having that intentional relationship and, and, and you want that support, I highly encourage you to reach out to Tracy. I, she cares so much. This is so important to her. This is her passion. And I, I remember, I love what you said too, in the beginning, Tracy, you're like, there is lots of great ways to parent, right? There's so many possibilities And that's the other thing that I think is so important is that, you know, Tracy's not going and giving you a manual. She's going to meet you where you guys are and then help you open up some possibilities. And she's really, really great at that. Really, really great at that. So, so I highly encourage you to connect with Tracy. You're welcome in advance. (laughs) You're welcome in advance. So Tracy, thank you so much for being here and sharing your journey as a parent, how you support people, some of your philosophies. And like, I think it just really gives parents, you know, especially kind of in those teenage years, right? Like there is hope. (laughs) There is hope. There is. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share this and to bring more 
parents to a joyful relationship with their kids all yes. the way into adulthood. Thank you for this opportunity. You I really are... appreciate it. Oh my goodness. You are so welcome. I am thrilled. I'm so thrilled. You know, I've been very excited about this episode and and I love joy. I love that you take that stand for joy and that that it is possible. It's possible. So again, Tracy, thank you so much. Remember everyone, we have a choice to lead our life or follow circumstances. And life really is about knowing your passions, your purpose, and your values and creating an impact in your life and the life of others. And in, like in today's episode, it's really, what's that impact we want in our families? What is it that we want with our children? You can absolutely create that. And who emerges from taking the lead in their lives are authentic and vulnerable and courageous. And you really got to experience that with Tracy today and some of her own personal stories. And so we got to know this. It's not always going to look the way we think it's supposed to. <laughs> Again, we heard that from Tracy, right? Like we're going to get triggered. We're going to have those moments, but trust that more gets revealed based on the action you take. And as we move forward, remember, take those pauses, let go of worry, let go of doubt, and you get to live fully the best version of yourselves. And I want to say thank you for listening today. I know there was great value for you as you move through your day and take the lead in your life. I want to hear, you know, what you're creating along the way. So please check in and I, we're going to be back with some more on intention next week. We're continuing this series. I'm excited about it. And let me know what you think. Have a great week ahead. And you know the drill. If it's not shaping up the way you want it to, take the lead and create a fantastic one. Tracy, thank you again for being here and sharing all your joy. And let's have a great week, y'all. Talk with you soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Let's Be Honest Before We Start Pretending. For more resources on taking the lead in your life, head over to kellyjmobeck.com and connect with me on Instagram at Coach Kelly Mobeck. If this episode was helpful for you, please feel free to share it with friends, rate and review it on iTunes. That's Apple Podcasts now. And at any time, feel free to connect with me and let me know what you want to hear next or what you're working on. I'm happy to help. Thanks again for listening. And here's to you taking the lead in your life.